All right, welcome to another episode of Let's Go Brandon Green. Today on the show, we have none other than the ho on the go, C.A. Knubel. Now, what's going on there? Thanks for having me. How, how are, are you? you? I'm all right, but um, yeah, how are you? What's going on, ho on the go? What's going on with that? So in my early 20s, I wrote a book called The Ho Handbook, which really just taught tips and tricks for, you know, single women out there. Um, I use the term ho because it has a negative connotation. I want it to ruin my reputation, um, mostly because one of my favorite quotes is by um, the one who wrote, who wrote Gone with the Wind. And it says, until you lose your reputation, you never really know what a burden it was or what freedom really is. And it's absolutely true. So I tend to do things to make people look at me different every time I meet them. And that's kind of what my book Hey, is. that's the same as the book I just wrote this week. And it's titled uh, Become a Loser to Become a Winner. Love it. And it's the same mindset. It's the same mindset. Love it. Once you ditch it all and you, you can once you're at the bottom, you can't go any further than the bottom. You can only crawl that's up. That's right. So that's uh, interesting that you say that because a lot of people say, wow, that's an interesting concept. And you just straight up hit it off the bat. You understand what's yep. going on. You're pretty smart. Just smarter than you thank look. Thank you. Thank you. It's because I'm blonde, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. This week. This week, yeah. Um, so, rightio, so you did that. And how old How old are you now and how old were you when you wrote this book? So I was about 21, 22 when I wrote the book. Now I'm 31. So I actually pulled yeah. it out of press so that I can rewrite it from a 30-year-old and a little bit less toxic perspective. So I am reworking yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty launch. cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you were writing a book like that um, 10 years ago before a lot of people were writing stuff and, uh, you know, that was a lot. Well, I had been through something very traumatic, yeah. so I kind of had to focus on something. So, Right. And, yeah, with that traumatic thing you went through, you uh, did a post somewhere and it went a bit viral and then you used that to help. Uh, other people as well or something I've seen? Yeah. So I had just actually recently done an interview about my traumatic experience and it did, it went, it blew up. Um, most of the interviews that person does blows up just because there's such extraordinary stories like mine. Um, it just took me by surprise because I'm used to not being listened to other than when I'm being paid to as a comedian. So it was nice to be able to share something a little bit more serious and have people take it seriously. Um, but I used that as I had already launched my mental health project before then, but it has helped bring people's attention to it. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's that's good if that where do and where did you put that post? Um, for the interview that I've done. Oh, that went viral or whatever. Um, it's in my playlist on my YouTube page as it says interview with oh, the Canoeble. All of my interviews are in there, so Okay, cool. Yeah, right. And tell us more about um, what what happened to make you write this book 10 years ago. So when I was in college, I was um, kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and a violent crime survivor. Let's just put it like that. Violent crime survivor. And it kind of... And this was a boyfriend or something? No. No. It was literally no. someone who I had seen around campus all the time. We made small talk. And in reality, he did not even go to my school. He was just stalking me to look for an opportunity. Because when he first saw me, he saw that I was sitting by myself 
and I didn't check my phone a lot and nobody really talked to me a lot. So I looked like an easy target. Yeah, we're easy all... to kidnap, hard to kill. Well, that you is... know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, at least you can make, you know, a joke about it now, I guess. To. And then you can use that experience to help. Yeah, you got it. And you can use that experience now to help other people, which you're doing. And, and how are you doing that? How am I doing? I'm sorry. I, didn't miss, I missed part of that. How are you helping the other people that can that have just gone through something similar? Well, because I spent a long time not telling anybody what happened to me. More than 10 years, actually. Um, because I didn't oh. feel like anybody would, number one, care, but number two, believe me. So by me telling my story and by me being more vulnerable and open and raw about what I'm going through and the damage that I can't even fix that I've done to my brain because of it, I'm hoping other people will speak up. You know, and other people will feed off my courage to do the same. Yeah. Okay. And is, did you use comedy as an outlet here? Honestly, I just started comedy a couple of years ago. Um, and I have not told a single joke about my trauma yet. Yet. Um, only right. because not yet. I really only learned the full story of what happened to me in like May. Because I had recessed memories. So for me, I had no idea how crazy the situation that I was in actually was until I unlocked those recessed memories. And how do you do that? I wrote my trauma narrative. It's literally just writing it over and over and over again from what you remember. And it starts to unlock memories as you do it. Now, it's kind of like reading the time so tables like you, over and over and over again until you start to memorize it. It's kind of the same thing. Is that because you never really think of it in deep until you have to put it down on paper and focus on it? Well, for this kind of situation, to give you the little bit more, when I got back to my dorm, all that I remembered was that I was kidnapped and that I walked home. That's all that I remembered. Everything violent in between, yeah. my brain... And this is how they work. They just pull those memories back because you cannot handle it at that time. Um, so I had no idea about any of it until I'd gone to the hospital in April um, because I made an attempt on my life because I was just not okay. I had lost a little sister not too long beforehand. It was very traumatic for me on top of everything else. And I was just broken, to be honest. But when I went to the hospital, it was the first time that I'd been by myself with no distraction. You know, I'm a single mom. I work two jobs. Anytime I wasn't busy with that, I had people over so that I had to be busy with something. So I didn't have to deal with it. And this was 10 10 years ago when you tried to take your life after the event just happened? No, that was this year. Oh, this year? Yeah, in April. Hmm? But it's only six months later now. How are you sewed together? Because I didn't give myself an option because I had spent so long not being together that finally getting the answers and the closure that I was looking for with what happened and being honest and open about it. There's nothing for me to hide from anymore. You you know what I mean? So it's all on the table. So I'm going to do everything and anything I can now because I spent so long being quiet. Now I'm just never going to shut up, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, sounds like you've dealt with it and uh, you understand it. I guess you were just sitting there for 10 years asking yourself a question about it all the time and now it's like so crystal clear to you that you're on top of it rather than it being on top of you. Is Essentially, that right? yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, kind of changed my mind. Fascinating, but it, change your mindset. That's what all it's about. Yeah, well, because I was embarrassed. Choose happy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't know how, well, but some 18. people say they're getting. <laughs> because I was 18 and got kidnapped. So in my head, I'm like, you were 18, a whole grown woman, and got kidnapped. That's embarrassing. But when I unlock the rest of those memories, I'm like, oh, girl. Embarrassing. Whoa. I could come and kidnap you tomorrow. Like, I'm, no one would blame you. That's just how my brain I works. I could kidnap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. That, but that's crazy. That's how stupid you yeah, were, I guess. absolutely. Because you were so puzzled by it all. Um, and that's good that you can come from that place to help other people because you've been in that place. So that's excellent. Fantastic. Thanks. And um, – now that you do comedy, where do you, where do, how did you get into that? So I actually had a longtime friend, I kind of grew up with him, who was doing comedy about three years ago, almost, just about three years ago. Um, and we were just chatting back and forth because we had just reconnected. And I've always been a storyteller as far as like funny stories go, um, especially when I'm out in social groups. Um, I tend to draw attention. I, I just, I don't know why. Um, it's not that I want to be the center of attention. I just have crazy stories that I've been through, but funny ones, not dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we were talking back and forth and he, I was like, you know, I'm really interested in trying it. I think I should give it a shot. And he was like, come down and hit the stage. Cause he had a venue that he was doing a weekly open mic yeah. at. And it was history since then. I've been doing shows up on the East coast and, uh, having a great time with it. Now I'm working on a TV show. So Got a lot going yeah, right. And what TV show is that? Uh, it's one of my own. I'm not dropping the name yet because I don't want to count chickens before they hatch, but I do have a lot of it recorded. Yeah. Because I am literally recording and editing and producing and writing everything myself, I want it to be completely a surprise. So. And is this on one of those uh, like uh, obscure uh, channels that that are on the, um, on the TV? I have pitched and to then- a couple, but... I think I'm really going to take it more mainstream than that, um, more internet-based platforms, yeah. just because I'm going to reach a bigger audience with that. But don't, if you need that, you need like a certain, you need to maintain like a certain quality in the recordings and everything yep. before they'll throw it yep. on. Yeah, I can edit so all my how do you How do you stuff. manage that? Because one of, one of my old, one of my guests, you know, a couple of months ago that I had on the show, she she got offered a TV show because she was really big in the cooking or I forget what it was, something, but she's like, oh, well, okay. Next minute she's already filmed a dozen episodes and she's on a TV on this like station that you're probably on, something similar. And uh, she was telling me, yeah, yeah, it was a really steep learning curve up front because you got to do it all properly. Yep. And so who had the budget for all that? Do they pay? I did not sign with anybody yet. I am doing everything myself okay. and I'm not in a rush. I don't I don't see me yeah, even really? launching any kind of episode to a network for at least a year. Just because it's it's oh, kind right. of sketch comedy style. So it's different skits in each episode. Um okay. I have to get them all put together in a way that I want and commercials I'm actually doing today. So I'm hoping to have the pilot done by December just to have that part done. But I wanna oh, yeah. wait to pitch it. To the places I'm going to pitch it to, which I have them lined up. I'm just, I got to decide. Um, I'm waiting to do that yeah. until I have the first entire season done. So who helps you with this? Nobody. <laughs> really? Yeah, no. 
So you you can ma- you can manage to do it all. Yeah, that's that, these bags are natural. They're just covered with makeup. Yeah, right. Well, you've you're a hard worker, and you said you've got a, a son who's ten. He's He'll be ten on Sunday. Yeah, actually. Yeah, he he'd be pretty pretty impressed with what you're doing. He now. loves it. He he is. You know, he complains sometimes because I work a lot, but at the same time, he sees what I'm doing and he knows that he knows. Yeah, right. Oh, that's good. Uh, you're a go-getter by the looks of things. And uh, how? Are, so when you're coaching people with your uh, – I got a phone call and I got booted. Sorry. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me now? It keeps saying internal error. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you just I, went away I for say, a bit. Yeah, I sent you a picture. It said internal error and kind of booted me. So I don't oh. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's still going, so that's all good. Oh, good. Okay, uh, sorry. Yeah, we cut this out. Um, all right. So, yeah, what you, I was asking about was your um, your project where you help people now. How are they getting on to you? So I did just launch it, but it's something that I've been working on since I got out of the hospital. Um, because yeah. I, I got diagnosed with a few mental health conditions that I had no idea were even like a thing, you know, I had no idea because mental health isn't really taught where I am. So, um, right. I started with a podcast, which was informational. It goes over the main mental health conditions in short little episodes, just to give a brief overview without going too deep into it. Um, then I made a page to go with it that has, you know, infographs and, memes and quotes and resources for people to check out for each one. Then I started doing interviews with people around the world with different mental health conditions, but also with doctors and therapists and psychiatrists, just to show an in-depth look at what symptoms are like and what life is like. And to show that, 
you know, we can still live a fully fulfilled life and satisfying life with mental health conditions and that there is help out there, even if people don't have mental health conditions. Yeah. And with these mental health conditions that you're diagnosed with, how long have you had them for, would you say? I, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. I'd say probably, I mean, I knew I had ADHD. That was a given. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as like I have borderline personality disorder, I didn't know that was a thing, but I'm going to have to say probably most of my life. Um, and so you, is that the only two that you're diagnosed with? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I also have um, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, um, but that okay. came from my trauma and then Incident. my little sister passing um, just because of yeah. the situation. And also I have um, psychosis and depression as well. So with psychosis, uh, that's a pretty um, Wild one. involved one. Isn't it? Yeah. What What is it? So I can only tell you from my perspective, but, but the essential yeah. overview of it is delusions. Um, it's it's a hard time separating fantasy from reality. It can it usually stems from having schizophrenia, but it can also stem from having a traumatic incident like mine. So okay. for so me. I have always heard music that's not there. Mine isn't like really? voices. It's not people whispering to me. It's kind of like going into a boss battle in a video game. Because when I feel a very heightened sense of emotion, I'll start hearing faint music. And I'm checking my phone. It's not my phone. And I'm going, oh, boy. Now I'm pulling out an emotion wheel. Like, how am I feeling right now? What's going on? But when I have triggers for my trauma is really when I start getting delusional because I start smelling trees that are not there. I feel dirt under my feet when I'm wearing sneakers. You know, I start feeling breezes mm. that are not there. Just really crazy things. It's like literally transporting me to somewhere else. So. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like your brain's really playing tricks on you. And did they get, they would have given you medication for this? Well, it's something that you go through um, like therapy for to actively work on your triggers. Um, ah. but to be honest, it's really just about recentering yourself. Um, yeah. So, so there's no medication that you're taking for that. I take medication for like mood stabilizers and things like that for yeah. my borderline, uh, but not for psychosis because psychosis is not permanent. Um, now yeah. the music okay. that I hear, I've always heard that, but that again could be related to my PTS, my CPTSD. Um, as far as how far deep those delusions go. That's just because I just unearthed those memories. So that's going to start to wean off. It's not going to be as bad, and it's not going to be around forever. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to hear. But, yeah, when I've talked to you and I've talked to a few people, yeah, you you come across quite well, actually, so I would never have Thank picked you. it for anything. But I can imagine you'd have those things uh, dealing from dealing what you've what you, you've been through it. And you didn't volunteer to go through that at all. You literally, it sounds like you just got snatched off the street by some random person. Well, that was and, targeted uh, for six months. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where. So, so, anyway, you've dealt special, with all that. But, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've seen something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's good that you've been through that and you've dealt with it now by the sounds of it. It took you 10 years, but then you can teach people what finally made the penny drop for you to to get through to the next stage, and that's great. Right. So what other plans do you have going on in the future now? So you've got your TV show that you're building. 
and you're going to pitch uh, anything else you're building because you are a busy lady, Miss uh, Knoebel. I am. So I am reworking my hoe handbook uh, from a 30-year-old perspective just because, again, I'm a little less toxic now and a little more mature. Yeah. So um, other than that, I am working also on my book for my trauma. I would like to write it out fully um, because even when I give my interviews and I talk about it, I still do not go fully in-depth with just how horrifying it actually was just because I like to spare people that, but in a book, it's a bit different. So that I actually, yeah. I already have it all written out. It's just kind of putting it in a book form instead of just me scribbling on paper, you know? So, yeah. So what, what is your book called and where can people buy that? So right now you can't buy my hoe handbook because I pulled it from publication. I want to rewrite it from a 30 year old perspective and then relaunch it. But yeah, because one thing that took my eye um, on Instagram, I think it was you, you called yourself the throat goat, <laughs> and uh, that's great. That's fantastic. Thanks. Um, I, put it on my, I, I put it on my business card too. Oh, right. Well, give me your number. <laughs> and um, so where's the – do you have the tips on, on that? I do. I give all of those tips and tricks on my podcast. So Yeah, right. And you're still the throat goat 10 years later? Always. Always. It's never changed. Yeah. It's the fangs, I'm telling you. I have an extra That's set of fangs. And how did you uh, get into that? Because some girls don't like to do it and some girls really love it. Where would you be on the scale of your love doing it out of 10 and, and zero? And why do girls – have you come across girls or your friends that say, oh, no, I don't do that? Oh, absolutely. My best friend hates it, but I am a 10. Really? A, a 10 across the board. So, like, my favorite favorite thing to do. But for her, yeah. she's not the same. And it's it, I think it's just because for me, my my love language is acts of service. So for me, that's yeah. a love language. But for her, she's like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, girls spend too much time yeah, paying attention to little little things in their head instead of just like what it is. And that's just pleasing your partner at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Well, you're fantastic in that regards. And Thank you. I'll give you a 10 out of 10 right there. Yeah. So that's it. You're going to leave a review on my page, <laughs> right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, yeah. And uh, do, you, do people hit you up for tips and everything like that? Because it's in the book. Where were they getting this book beforehand? Beforehand, I never even told anybody it was published. It was just published. And I think maybe like three people bought it um, just because my son okay. was born a few le years later. And I really was like, um, let me not advertise this because I have a child now, you know? So my life yeah. kind of changed and I just kind of like left it to the dust. And when I started my comedy again, that's when I pulled it completely out of publication because the comedy that I do is built around that book. So for right now, yeah. I don't want people having my jokes before I tell them. So. Yeah, okay. And then once you do that, back yeah, on the shelf, re revise. Yep. I'm hoping to have it out by June. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, will that be on Amazon? I'm, I'm hoping so. Yeah, <laughs> baby steps yeah. first. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten that far yet because there's, again, there's so much else going on. I have until January to get back to my person for that, so we're gonna work that out by then, and then I'll have that answer more than likely. Yes, so all right. Well, you are a busy, busy woman, Mrs. Knoebel, yes, yeah, and uh. Where can, where can people get at you? Um, well, I don't like people sliding in my DMs. So <laughs> I have a website. Oh. It's cacanoobal.com. 
you can find all of my stuff on there comedy my mental health stuff um it also has its own website mentallykillproject.org if you just want to go straight to that and i'm on facebook and all other social media ca canoeville um it's all across the board because it's trademarked so yeah yeah that's cool well, you know, you are an interesting character and you definitely sound like a happy person and you don't come across as anyone who is perceived to have mental illness of any sort and you're a busy worker and it's not letting you get and um, yeah. in doesn't affect your working life and you're still the throat goat. So Period. thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks for coming on and I look, uh, uh, look forward to uh, following you in the future. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right.